Welcome to the Concerned Observers podcast. We're back after yet another long fatherhood-imposed hiatus. Hey, James, how's it going? It's going, man. What's life. doing life? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> life. Uh, let's see. How many illnesses did we have? We had, what, three or four different illnesses in our house? Um, yeah. I mean, it was that, and then work yeah, we had stuff. That. Yeah, we had that, too. But, you know, it's on the plus side. We took the kids to see their first uh, full-length feature film. They went and saw, we saw Toy Story 4. Um, the three-year-old dug it. She was into it. The two-year-old, not so much. He was craw- crawling all over the seats and had to be removed a time or two. <laughs> a time or two. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's a decent I, movie. I'm spooked. My daughter is about to turn four. And I don't even want to take her to a theater yet. Like, I don't trust her. Like, I, I want to go in and I want my kid to sit down and watch the damn movie. Right. Yeah, that's like, kind of how, that's kinda how we, you know? we were worried about that, because it's like, well, but at the same time, we were also thinking, like, well, I want to make sure that the that when she goes to see a movie, it's a good one. And not right. like, you know, I don't want the first movie to be, you know, Cars 7, you know, or, or something oh, like God. that. Um, I mean, or and, any Cars movie. <laughs> Dude, we sat we sat through previews for this movie, and they were awful. Like, we just kept looking back and forth at each other, going, "Oh my god, oh no!" I, and then they had the the trailer for Frozen Two, and my my daughter's just, oh, "It's Elsa," and we're like, "Oh yeah. gosh!" I mean, like, you know, hey, hopefully that movie is good. But all it, it there was a trailer for Trolls Two too, and all that just, I mean, she's never seen the first one, but all it takes is just. For her to get hooked on one other crappy movie to be like, look, it's yeah. Well, Frozen's really good. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest here, right? That's yeah. a good one for your kids to be hooked on. But man, I just did not want to get it wrong and take them to see some crappy movie. It's like, look, okay, Toy Story. They're not gonna. It's not gonna be awful. We got at least. We can't. We can't make it a wrong choice there. So we we watched uh, the Little Mermaid yesterday as a family. Doesn't, and doesn't fatherhood change how you see that movie? It does. Fatherhood definitely does change it. But you know what's really messed up about that movie? She is 16 years old. I know. And she gets married. And she's getting married. And like, yeah. I mean, I got married at 22. And that was, or wait, I was 24. My wife was 22. And that was young, right? For like a lot of people to get married at that age. So like, I don't, I mean, I'm sitting there going like, this is just weird, right? And so it just felt odd. But at the same time, like, I've watched Game of Thrones, and what people don't realize is that Daenerys Targaryen, when the books first start, is, like, 14. Like, yeah. when you're reading the books, and, like, she gets married off to this Dothraki guy, right? And, I mean, the book goes into a lot more But detail. But it is still weird. Like, that, yeah, but when you think about that, I mean, like the 16 number was such an arbitrary point. It's not like Ariel looks 16. Like, right. Yeah, why yeah, yeah. why <laughs> yeah. do you need to, why do you need to throw that line in there? Like, just leave it right. vague and not don't have to say anything. Or right. why yeah, like, just say 18? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Why? Did why? You why do you have to do this, Disney? <laughs> that was that in number, the 80s, like late 80s, early 90s. Right. So, but it's not like 16 year olds were getting married off in the 80s either. It was still young then, too. But yeah, <laughs> so the, this is supposed to be a political podcast, but you know, <laughs> I know, 
I just when you said that you want and, and you're gonna I set just, me I off. Was, <laughs> I I was really genuinely confused. And the reason I say that though, it was because Frozen, the reason I think that Frozen is a good movie for kids to watch, we'll tie it into politics a little bit, because it turns into worldview, is that like I don't want girls being thought that their only goal in life is to like find a man, right? And he has to be this man that is like this super macho buff you know, whatever, because if you look at the story of Frozen, is it, it takes all the tropes of Disney princess films and kind of like makes fun of them in a very subtle way. And so I really liked that Frozen is as popular as it is um, because of that, you know. Yeah, no, that that's true. That Yeah, absolutely. So anyway. All right. Dumb dums. So uh, we've spend enough time on the on the various and sundry <laughs> uh topic number one that we wanted to get at today so th- i mean this one just really got on me james is kind of along for the ride here i think but yeah and, but man i was actually i mean it doesn't i don't get offended a lot but man i was offended at this whole there's a debate raging on twitter and the political sphere about whether or not the detention centers at the border qualify as concentration camps. Yeah, I, I think that <laughs> it's pretty offensive. I mean, like, I might not have, like, a huge deep theory about what's occurring at the camps, but was that AOC that started this? Was it, it AOC's was. line? Okay. Yeah. See, I try not to buy in to, like, Sometimes I fight things, right? Because like every conservative I know makes fun of her, right? And sure. sometimes just out of my like rebellious spirit that I have, I try to just say, oh, that's just, they're just mad, right? But then when they actually like just play an audio clip of something that she said, and then I listen to it and I'm just like, God, she's so, I don't want to say dumb, like, cause I don't want to be like her and say exaggerative things. She's just, exactly what the others say she is yeah yeah she is i mean it, it and it's very frustrating i i have because... this kind of take I, I always tell my wife about this is that i'll read an article you know or i'll read an op-ed and you know op-eds are kind of biased by nature but i'll read it and it'll be really you know i'll really enjoy it i think it's really good but i'll think there's no way the other side really thinks that it's that clear like that, that you know the, right they're yeah. they're they're distorting it a little bit and then you'll try and go and read somebody, you know, on the other side. And you go, oh, my God, it's exactly that. Right. Like, there's yeah. no distortion there at all. I, I can't believe they're actually doing this. And right. and this was a super weird moment for that where, you know, a year or two ago, we were still angry about how people are being treated at the border. But so, I mean, like nobody thought to, you know, say concentration camps back then. And now because one politician does it, then suddenly you have all of these others that have decided, well, hey, you know, we're all going to band together and not back down on this. It was really weird. And I I always have a hard time remembering what the term gaslighting means. You hear that thrown around a lot. Oh, it's just I add that to the list of about 15 phrases every liberal utters once a week because it's like. It's like they went to a class in college and there's like victim blaming. I'm trying to think of all the big ones like victim blaming. Sure. uh, Gaslighting. um, 
oh god there was a new one that i heard and i can't remember what it was but it's basically like you could say like you don't know what it's like to have problems until you have kids like you can't make that statement anymore because you're making a statement towards someone that like may not be able to have they don't have an ability yeah. to have an opinion no they're yeah. they don't they're incapable of having an opinion on something because they don't have children and i'm like yeah i, I which is a fair think, point i honestly hate it when people do that sure i, I know say, you'll what know if, you won't know until well, time, out. time out like i think that if you are single and you have a 40 hour a week job and you complain about not having enough time to get sleep there's something wrong with you right like this isn't just because i'm a parent and i have two children it's because you aren't a responsible adult and so no you don't have an opinion in this matter because like you know what i mean like that's what i'm saying is like you can't just say anyway i'm digressing so, well, i'm so I mean, short they have a lot of gaslighting yes but it is weird that the, i mean because yes the gaslighting is definitely a criticism thrown around on the left much more that they'll say you know conservatives are gaslighting conservatives are gaslighting and and in this instance you know so you have aoc standing you know she's doing like a webcast and she's complaining about the conditions at the border and she is adamant that there are concentration camps there. And she is saying, you know, we need to fight this. And she starts using the phrase never again, never again, oh, never again, just, which no, this, this has a specific connotation. And then when you call them on it, when you say, well, no, this is not, this is not like the Holocaust. They, and they, 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 they get, this is what gaslighting is. They say, well, we weren't trying to draw comparisons to the Jews. And but, Yes, you were. You used the phrase concentration camps and never again in the same sentence paragraph. Right. That you don't get to say, I, I wasn't saying the Jews. I mean, the, there were concentration camps in the Boer War. Like, oh, come on. Don't don't play this game with me. And yet it's somehow acceptable because uh, she has this kind of air about her that somehow she garners way a lot of air for sure. I, uh, you know, burr, burr. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the I, I just don't see how she has this aura of respectability here. And she and so the, the case gets made that, well, I you know, we're using an academic definition of concentration camp, which, by the way, it still doesn't meet. I, I'm not I'm not really sold on that, how this meets the act, you know, what the academic or the so-called academic definition of a concentration camp is, but even then it still doesn't meet it. Uh, the, their definition was something like um, any place where refugees or ethnic you know, classifications are kept, are, are detained without trial for an indefinite period of time. And Okay, but the, the thing is, is I think that's true, but there's a thing that they're leaving out, which is that with intent. Like, we intend to, like, only find brown people, right? Or, like, well, we only intend to find South Central American people and put them in a camp. And the thing is, is it's that's not how this is working, right? I mean, like, like with, with the Jews, right? Like, <laughs> we're talking about World War II. What they're alluding to, even though they refuse to agree with it, yeah, I mean, they were systematically going into any city, town, or otherwise, finding Jews, putting them into camps, and then killing them, right? So, like, that was, like, an I think the intent behind it. Whereas with this, it's like, they're trying to get into our country, and so we have a process that might not... Like, I want to know if these facilities were, like... I was thinking about that. I did think about this a little bit. If these facilities were, like... 
let's say they weren't super nice, but like, do you remember the school, the walls at our school, how they were like that painted brick? Like it was like the cheapest yeah. way yeah. to build a room, right? It was painted brick, right? Mm-hmm. So sure. if these facilities were like painted brick rooms and like built basically the same way our elementary school was, which was like super cheap or super high traffic carpet that's not comfortable to walk on, and they had cots, and then they had men's and women's bathrooms, right? Like or a men's and women's toilet, and they were separated by gender or something, right? Like, would they scream? Like at the same degree that they're screaming now and calling a concentration camp, or is it because they're like they actually look like quote unquote cages? Do you know what I mean? Like, it, at what point does the are they happy? That's what I don't understand. Is like, well, what's okay, their final the, there, solve that for is, this? That is a really good point. I mean, so back to your original part here. I mean. I, I don't think the intent matters as much. I mean, the fact is, when they say detained for an indefinite period of time, that's not occurring. What's happening is that people are being regularly released. It's just not at a rate that is fast enough to make up for the influx that are coming in. I mean, it's, nobody's being detained indefinitely. They are being held, they're being detained longer than we would like. But they are being released like, you know, nobody is stuck there for 10 years and saying, I have no idea what I'm getting out. It's it's well, we used to think it was X amount of, you know, days, weeks, months, but now it's actually X plus Y. And we don't and Y is getting larger and larger because the influx of people coming in is larger and larger and it's harder to process all of them. So you're you're waiting in line longer and we don't have enough people to process the rest of this. So, I mean, it's a simple math question there, not a matter of indefinite detention. And not only that, but then you hit the nail on the head there. What concentration camp do you know, Boer War or otherwise, <laughs> where people <laughs> right. where people came there for it? That, I mean, people are camping outside. I mean, we did a we did a uh, an episode about them storming the fences to get into these right. places. Yep. And yep. that does not happen. The Jews were not seeking out to go to Auschwitz. Like the, 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 uh, this is insane. This is the only place. This is the only concentration camp where you can go up to your quote unquote jailers and say, I changed my mind about doing the thing. I would like to just simply go back to my home country. And they'd say, okay, I mean, no, no Jew could go to their German jailer and say, I've changed my mind about being Jewish. I'd like to leave like that. That's that you're not getting out. And the and I mean, the idea that we are treating this seriously is absurd. And so then the, the other I mean, you're like nailing all this stuff here. The other point of when would they be happy is that's the more frustrating bit is. I don't think they'd be happy with anything. I mean, you ask, watch the Democrat debates in the last few days, and nobody's talking about any sort of enforcement. We're all just talking about getting kids out of cages. And we're just talking about ending the way things are happening now, and then there's no alternative. It's like they're against the idea of detaining in principle. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's the that seems to be the way I don't know how to answer this or label this as a liberal mentality or a Democratic mentality, right? A Democratic Party mentality. I don't really know because 
I don't know how to label that, but I just would say that there definitely seems to be a wave of very anti um, confinement of a person for anything, not even just the people at the border. I mean, they're fighting prison sentences across the across the country, right? Even even at home for citizens. So, like, I don't. I get concerned, right? Oh, hey, concerned observers. You can get concerned when you observe this. Yes, I get concerned. I get concerned when we have these types of conversations because, especially like what you said at the debates and the way that people are talking, it's like we should not have an open border policy. Like, I don't understand how any sane, rational human being would say. We should, but remember, keep in mind, I'm a relatively isolationist person, right? So that fits into my, you know, worldview, right? But like, I just look at it and I say, even if I were to kind of change my view, which I have, you know, I entertain ideas of um, globalism and stuff like that. There's parts of it. My point is, is I don't think anyone on the spectrum should look at it and say, like, we should just allow anyone in. Like, that doesn't make sense. It's not safe. It's not a safe thing. I'll let anybody into my home. Yes. Right. It might be a oh, quick screening process, right? So, like, you know, I, I just saw don't... A, I saw a fantastic meme. Fantastic as in it's just hilariously terrible. Was um, asking, it told it, it, you know the sound of music. The von Trapp family flees the Nazis and heads you know across the border. And imagine if we stopped them and and put them you know put them in these detention centers. Imagine that. And I'm supposed to look at that. You're supposed to think, yeah. But no, I mean, imagine if we didn't imagine if I, I imagine any country involved in World War II when there's a war going on, when there is a an enemy that is capable of producing spies against you, of infiltrating your own country in this massive existential conflict and and not doing anything about it. You you think that that I don't know uh, that France didn't you know try to contain people for, you know around its borders that it didn't try to maintain the integrity of its borders? Of course they did. Every country around there, including Switzerland, was not gonna just yeah. be like, well, you know, come right in. Who knows which side you're on? I I don't need to vet you at all. I, right. No, you, you have to. It's it is you owe it to your citizens to do such a thing. Now, we can argue all the time, you know, back and forth about what level that should be. I don't mean like to say that we should we should keep the level of heightened alert that we had in World War Two. That's not what I'm saying. But you right, or even post 9-11, like yeah. right after 9-11. I don't think that we the level of fear in our policymaking was. I yeah. would say I would argue is extreme, like very extreme. I would almost say it was probably worse than the amount that we dealt with. I mean, we didn't put people in camps. OK, so, OK, I don't want to pull a Cortez here and like say something, you know, like a little exaggerated. But like we didn't put people in camps post 9-11. But like as a society, we started to treat our Arab na- nationals even like pretty, pretty hot garbage across middle America. So, I mean, like, I, I think that. You know, it could happen still, right? People could I go mean, pretty sh- Sure, I mean, you're always, and it's always naive to say it could never happen here. I mean, but let's not forget right. it was the progressives that put that that created the detention, the internment camps for the Japanese. This was not a conservative thing. 
I mean, oh sure. I mean, I'm not I, saying that at all. I'm not agreeing with that. I'm just saying as a country, we have the capability of understanding that there was a threat, right? Like the thing that sucked about 9/11 was a lot of tragic deaths happened, right? But at the same time, it did kind of wake us up to world's getting smaller, and there are people that hate us. Yeah, and they're gonna try and get in here, and then they're gonna stage that they're like pilots and then they're going to fly buildings into, or planes into buildings right yeah that's so, how we used, to treat, I mean, we used to treat them as like ah, eh, you know let them rant and then eventually yeah. it became clear like okay when they say this they they can't actually mean it and they can't actually do something we we can't just right. treat it like it's nothing i mean because it's it right. is something right but, i just think it's really scary how common I don't, and I don't think it's the voice of like the Democratic base, right? Like when I say the Democratic, like the Democratic Party's base, I don't think that those people, if you sit one on one and you went through and you added them all up, I don't think that they would be for open borders. The way that the people who are all running <laughs> are all talking, right? So like I don't, I don't understand this. I thought that we, I'm shaking my head we vigorously really with this. Yes, you're absolutely I, right. The the numbers are not on their side with this. Most people do not want quote-unquote, open borders. And and if more people did, then they would say it much more loudly. But right. having like said that... If they that, do, it's still a minor concern, is what you're saying, right? Like, it's, ha- Having said that, the people that are running are really motivated to keep the leftmost wings of their party happy. And so to do that, they are not averse to talking like somebody who is in favor of open borders or some of them do outright say it, but, um, but my point is just that they will, they do not want to talk about that a lot because the poll numbers aren't on their side with that. This is, it's a losing topic there because the question is, I mean, look, just to put it out there, I mean, like set the playing field. If you are for no border control whatsoever, fine. But if you're for something, anything, even just like a Walmart greeter (laughs) to say, Hello, welcome to the United States. <laughs> to make them feel less, you know, more bad about shoplifting or something. I don't know. But right. I mean, then you are for some form, some level of immigration enforcement. And then we're just talking about price. Now we're just talking about what, you know, the level of involvement we're going to have. And right. I'm not a fan of government programs. You know, I mean, as a conservative, I'm for limited government and all that. But the limited isn't the only word there. Conservatives are not anarchists. There is a role for government. And if there's one thing that government is supposed to do, inarguably, it is maintain this integrity of its borders. We don't have these up in Canada right Right. now, not because we are pro-Canada and anti-Mexican. It's not some race thing. It's just, we don't have a... But it's not a Mexican... That's the the funniest thing, though, is it's not a race thing. Right. It's, It's... People just walk... I mean, Mexico let that caravan of people walk right through their country because they knew they weren't going to have to deal with them and that they were going to basically, you know, shove them over our border. Right. Yeah. And like, I don't, you don't see like massive caravans coming through Canada. Right. right. What was Greenland going to like take some boats over to Canada and make a long trek down through and like the upper North Northeastern United States. Like, no, that's not the problem. That's not where it's happening. It's not racial. It's just if, it's if Canada's economy only. collapsed tomorrow and things went really downhill for for the Canucks, yep. and we started getting influx, we would not be like, "Yay, this is great!" No, we would. St- right. You'd start to see some border control start to go up, and it would be the right thing to do. I mean, so this right. has nothing to do with race. If we were make the world a jigsaw puzzle and put, pick your country: Russia, China, India, 
Britain, you know, Australia, put them all to the southern border. You just keep rotating them one by one. Like, well, what if it was this country? What if it was that country? No, same thing. If you're getting a massive influx of a population in that is definitely not what you were expecting, then you're going to react to that. And right now, the influx is coming from the southern borders. And for yeah, I think, I think once again, reasons. I think, I think once again, this comes back to they're looking for voters. Right. So they're chasing voters and they want those voters. I don't mean that from their base. I think they want to find they want more people that they can identity politics to. Right. And try and get more because of Mexico and Central America. They want to keep saying like, oh, you're so oppressed and they want to keep these people in and get them in, you know, voting for them. I just. It. The whole the whole concept, like I when you're having this conversation about border border enforcement. You know, look at how upset Democrats and liberals got when some of these abortion bills that happened in the past, I don't know, three months. months. Yeah. yeah, you know, so these abortion bills have come through and abortion bills that possibly I don't even agree with. Right. As a centrist type person, what I'm saying, though, is that those states have borders. Right. And their state's government job is to enforce the rules of its borders right so like at some point you know you don't want that bleeding into your borders right so that's why you live where you live in the state that you live that has its borders established and you have your own laws and you have your own rules etc etc so i see like this kind of like conflict of their reasoning that kind of crumbles a little bit to me because they don't seem to understand that there is a point where you need to enforce boundaries Yes. Whether now, I mean, it be, you know on, what I'm saying? Like, on I, the other just, side, though, I mean, just to kind of level ourselves out here, because I feel like I'm probably, I feel like uh, the average Trump supporter is probably listening to this and going, yeah, get him. You know, but uh, sorry for that terrible impression. Um, but on the other side, though, the way they're being treated is atrocious. We, I mean, we can agree on that as well. It's, it's bad. But right. what I don't agree to doing is ascribing motive to this like to say oh it's because of racism and because of you know terrible people that have signed up for border control like you have to be kind of innately evil to want to do that job anyway and i you know i just i chalk it up to good old-fashioned all reliable government incompetence and you can fix this you won't you won't hear me say this a lot people so you know enjoy it we need more money like, right. Throw more money into this thing. The fact that you got hire, hire more security, hire more judges, especially to help process these things and turn it into a, a much more efficient operating machine, you know, so people aren't stuck there as long as they have been. But, and, you know, you still need you still need a proper amount of people to make sure that these cases are handled with the utmost respect and care that they deserve and that. People that legitimately claim that legitimately claim asylum are, we want those people in. You know, if if the if the claim is accurate, please get in here. We need to know that, and we need to know it quickly, so you're not stuck there forever. But, yeah. Well, I mean, smart move, Mr. President. Try to get a bill out there. Work with Congress to get a bill that says increase funding for the wall, and as a part of the wall. You'll build better facilities and you'll build better everything. And then all of a sudden you get your wall and you're also getting 
you know, the ability to build better facilities so that you get this PR. To, trust me, I don't think we should be treating people like this either, right? Like, I don't think anyone does. But I just think that... I don't think that we would be dealing with as much of this if maybe he had gotten some of the things that he's... Uh, he, being President Trump, has been demanding since basically the beginning of his presidency either, right? Like, so I don't think that we would have maybe this backlog of people if we were enforcing our borders in the ways that he's wanting it might create i don't know i don't know i just have well, to no, see you're, you're, you're is, absolutely right because i mean like let's put it this way for the first you know for the first year of his presidency the republicans were in control of the executive and legislative branches and they did nothing nothing right, right. I, it's it's absurd it's it's unconscionable that they did they had the power to just fix all this they could have directed all sorts of money to it and they did nothing so they don't get a pass on this it's awful it's terrible but they've well, already I mean, I mean a lot of them have already paid for it in the midterms the midterms have already come and gone and there was a, a blue wave that came through there but i mean for starters th there has been a, a bill proposed that was a trying to remedy this and I, i'm not sure if they tried to throw in wall funding with it or not but that failed and now there's a much cleaner bill that was proposed that is basically way less strings attached. It's just let's get more money to these facilities. I'm betting right. you I haven't done the research on it enough. I'm betting you that the amount of funds it requests is not enough, but it's something. Uh, and and, right. and uh, I don't want to surprise you too much. You know, put on your helmet so your brain, brain doesn't explode out of it. But uh, AOC voted against it. Oh, of course. That makes complete sense. So you have, I mean, so I, we had some uh, fan, inter I don't know, I guess maybe not fan interaction, but uh, somebody tried to call us out on our Facebook uh, wall and said that I, on our Twitter handle, was being flippant in the face of children being thrown in cages because uh, Wayfair, the company that is uh, the furniture manufacturer, they make beds that are sold to these detention facilities. And employees were objecting to the to doing this they were saying Look, uh -huh. we don't even, we object to how you're treating these people therefore we don't want to be a part of it and right. the natural reaction you know i get i get that but if you were angry that there's not enough beds for people refusing to make beds for them is definitely not going to help make more beds right. for them which is right. what the comment i had made on this story was well those beds are sure to make themselves now and which is this right. is my point. This is not this is not being flippant. This is no, the people that are being flippant <laughs> are the people that you're talking about. Like, listen, like I'm not a harsh person, but like those people are employed because those beds are going to those detention centers. So like they should be semi thankful that they have a job question mark, you know? And so when I look at that, like I go the appropriate way to work, you need to word your protest better. Right. You need to say, you know, we are protesting the massive amounts of profit that we our company is achieving by making these beds for these detention centers that, are, you know, what I'm saying like there needs to be something else to it as opposed to just being like, oh, well, we're against it. Because, I mean, dear Lord, I mean, it's a business. They're going to if someone comes up to him says, hey, we need 20,000 beds for our, you know, 50 <laughs> detention centers. Only an idiot would say, nah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I I'm mean, not, they walked, they walked out. They, they walked out. I mean, they, they, they refused to work. And I mean, it's just, right. uh, you, you're not going to make the problem better. Maybe you could, in some kind of way, 
long term down the road possibly like inspire a movement that everybody refuses to work with them and therefore we have to do open borders or something i I mean it's really pie in the sky long-term thinking but in the immediate term there are now less beds than there ought to be there are now less supplies i mean oh boy i really hope these people don't try and figure out where these migrants are getting their where these you know detention facilities are getting their food right yeah (laughs) i I don't want to start protesting them and then they stop providing the food there like or the medicine or I mean come on where does this end like the right. whole idea is to try and get more supplies to them and trying to stain everybody with with their involvement with it is not going to make it better uh, unbelievable and again this is all somehow tied to the idea that that we are running concentration camps and if if this is the definition we're operating off of I mean, we've been doing this for years. I don't mean just since Trump was president. President, You're telling me that President Obama had concentration camps? He knew about these things. There are pictures of his, of his subordinates visiting them. Like, right. When we did our story on the, the stormings of the border and our attempts to stop them with tear gas and the like, Obama did it too. Clinton did it too. I mean, going, so... I, Bush did it too. I, this has been done right for years, and the idea that we're just now there's a thing about credibility here too that I don't think people are appreciating. It's really hard to take you seriously when you complain about this just now. Right. No, I agree. I agree with that. I mean, it's it's the it's this outrage culture mentality that's kind of permeated through the United States, and it's it's definitely a United States thing. I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. It's very odd, um, but I just don't like. I don't know. It, it, it's, it hurts my brain to think about this. Like, if you didn't open your mouth before, I mean, the only people that I think could possibly be a little bit more, I don't know, legitimate in this argument would be like eighteen-year-olds. 19 year olds, people who are just now becoming adults. And like, maybe that's partially what we're seeing, right? Is like this young, the thing that scares the, scares me to death is that AOC is inspiring the next generation of voters. And they actually listen to her with some sense of legitimacy. And it scares me because she's so dumb. I just, I can't avoid saying, I'm sorry. She's just dumb. And there, she's inspired. I see people on my Facebook wall that I thought had common sense. And then they're quoting her as if she's hyper intelligent. And it's just like, no. Right. But I think that that's really what it is. I think that's what we're seeing is this new age of liberal bubble, East and West coast majority, non middle American people outraged about this. I don't, I don't think that you, you said what's, do you have the numbers by the chance? Do you have the numbers of like the polling for like, no border security right no. like people not wanting to go borders i think the last time i heard it, it was something like 65 or 70 percent when you have things in that realm and it was cross-party lines it wasn't like just conservatives that was like democrat or republican or independent was at 70 percent when it's that con- like high of a consensus typically you don't you wouldn't see i don't know i just i can't this whole topic just makes my head hurt because it just seems like over dramatized for some a bad situation. It's a bad situation, 
but I don't I don't think that it's intent. I don't think we intend on it being put bad. I don't think we intend on doing these things. It's just the way that it's working. So. Yeah, I I mean it is the way it's working, but I the I've I've been a very big proponent of this over the years right now is that what we need right now in our political discourse is more persuasion. Hence why we do this. Like, the, you know, we are not in lockstep, as you'll see with the next topic. Um, and that's by design. Uh, I want more persuasion in our discourse rather than more pointing. I don't know what you what you more just noise. And right. I feel like when you look at this kind of stuff, you, you have to. If you're going to now take the position that what is happening at the border is unconscionable and we need to kind of raise a lot more sirens and all that, you've got to have some humility and realize if you're going to do this, which by all means, go ahead, but you've got to keep in mind that this has been going on for a while and you're going to have to compensate for the fact that you're speaking up now. Now, maybe you can explain it in some ways like, Look, I just got out of high school and, you know, this is this is kind of how this is me entering the conversation. I got to throw my hands up on that one. I got nothing on you. You know, I get it. Right. Now you're getting to use your voice. Welcome to the convo. But the the, you know, my colleagues, my cohorts. No, you've been here for this. And right. On one end, you might be able to say, well, I didn't know. Which is fair. But then. I want to hear a lot more complaining about media coverage. The idea, I mean, basically everybody took a vacation for the last, you know, particularly during the Obama administration. But I mean, if you didn't know it, people allowed you to not know. And that's right. That's, that's a terrible thing in its own right. Right. Uh, it, and it really is like this is this is the thing I will join you in. It's absurd that this has never gotten the kind of coverage it does now. And and the fact is, the reason it gets the coverage it does now is because it's politically convenient for those that end up doing the coverage. I don't mean that they're manipulating it. I just mean that they're watching it more closely now because they're in high skeptic mode. They were not in high skeptic mode right. a few years ago. And right. that's a problem that they need to learn to wrestle with. But I mean, you've just got to approach this with some sense of humility on this. That you can't just come out across, start swinging and go concentration camps. No, 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 no. You're going to have to dial it down and be a heck of a lot more reasonable here because the people that disagree with you on this are going to recoil a heck of a lot harder when you start throwing out Nazi associations with them. And it's a natural reaction and they should. I am not going to listen to you sling, you know, stain me with Nazism because I think that the government ought to police its own borders. I think I think that they're. I, I don't want to belabor this entire topic sure. anymore. But I do feel like there's a lot of references to Nazis and a lot of anti-Semitism happening right now, and it's really weird because like Donald Trump is constantly referred to as like Hitler, right? And I'm like, I don't, I don't. I don't see that. I don't understand like yeah. how you could make that, you know, you could make that justification. And then now our country is like, like, I feel like it's almost an envy of like people around our age of people like my father who were born right post-World War II. Right. And like this mentality that it kind of brought the whole world together. Right. Of like a, there was a common enemy 
and we were all bonded together. And it's like, yeah. they, but they're choosing their own country as that common enemy, like to fight. And it's just very odd that like all of the criticism and stuff. And the thing is, is the worst part is, is that the thing that they're slinging it at the United States, I would say is not nearly as bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it's like right. kind of like a big teddy bear that accidentally, you know, when it falls over, it crushes some bugs. Right. Like, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like it didn't intend to do that. Right. Yeah. It's just a giant. We, teddy cra- bear, we crave so. the moral certitude that we had in World War II or during the civil rights movement, which is why now so many, you know, Selma is still invoked so often now because we want to, you know, that's why we start trying to compare what's happening in the LGBT community to what happened in, you know, to African-Americans during, you know, in the forties, fifties, sixties, it's, Look, we can all acknowledge that what's happening over here is is one level of bad, but you can't stop drawing these comparisons. Right. What's happening at the border is a thing that is bad, and it has a number we might be able to dis- ascribe to it, but it's not going to approach what happened, even in the Boer War. I mean, come on. I, so, I mean, to, you, you, you do that, and you think you're raising your issue higher, and what you're really doing is just bringing the other issue you're comparing it to lower and you're right. going to, in the end, you start losing all sense of perspective. And as I've said before, Trump is not Hitler. Hitler could have gotten Obamacare repealed. I mean, Trump is like inspector Clouseau from pink Panther, just kind of fumbling his way through this. Although he just had, he just has more temper tantrums. I mean, the guy is incompetence right. incarnate not supremely competent with a master plan and, you know, an army of, of people ready to do his bidding. He can't, that's why there's nobody being hired there. He can't keep people on staff. Like that does not sound to me like the work of a madman with a plan. It no, it's just I not mean, Hitler's Hitler didn't fall apart until pretty much like about a few months before he killed himself. Right. Yeah, so we I had mean, to like, rip, we had to rip his country apart to make it happen. <laughs> right. And I mean, it was, I mean, he trusted his people pretty, pretty seriously. Um, so anyway, all right. Well, so what's this other topic? Uh, this one. So let's plug this bit here real quick. We're about to do a fan request or a fan. Uh, let's just say a listener request. Maybe who knows? Maybe they just hate listen. <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, we had some uh, listener interaction and requested this topic. And so we're doing it. Uh, so if you would like to have a topic covered, uh, let us know. And we will be sure to talk about it. Heck, if you want to come on and talk about it, we could probably make arrangements. Um, but uh, this one comes. Well, I don't know that they wanted to be named. They didn't say either way, so we won't. Um, but uh, the idea of breaking up big tech, social media, uh, and trying to kind of divide up and deal with all of the issues that come with with big tech uh primarily i think they were concerned they were you know we're talking about um google and facebook in particular and how they are kind of controlling the conversation that they have their algorithms that can basically mute somebody i mean you all hear the stories about people that are getting you know their youtube channels demonetized or their tweets are just kind of subtly being hidden or they don't show up on google search results when they really ought to and uh 
that if they're going to do this, if they want to keep acting this way, we really need to get involved because it's creating a free speech issue that people can't get their voices heard and uh, that we that we ought to use the power of the government to step in and and regulate them, whether that's treating them as public utilities or um, just straight up, you know, kind of like monopoly, breaking them up, you know, breaking them up like a monopoly and turning them into several smaller companies. Uh, I'm sure you probably heard of a few other ideas. There's a, there was a bill that was suggested recently where they were, each of these companies would have to satisfy a, a whatever criteria would be to show that they, that they take X amount of steps to make sure that the speech that goes through their systems is evaluated appropriately that they're taking steps to make sure that it's fair and then we give them some sort of license to continue operating um so okay. i mean i don't want to focus on any one particular suggestion but just as you know as a whole in concept uh you know we just kind of did a short talk about this before we started and i think it's clear you're more in favor of breaking some of this stuff up and i am I think not. I, I mean, to a degree, there's like a part of me that that says like we shouldn't be breaking up companies because I don't really feel like they're monopolizing anything. I mean, the the only thing that you could possibly argue that they're monopolizing is like user data, but at the same time, it's so freely and easily shared amongst all companies. It's not like Google as a company has a monopoly on search engines. There are several search engines out there that exist. So you can utilize them. I will say that there are certain cases where Google as a company or ABC alphabet or whatever has done extreme harm to smaller companies that are other websites where like a company comes up with a concept. Like there was this one, I listened to a whole podcast where they developed like a coupon, like a couponing site. Right. And like you could search for deals like on a specific product, like set alerts for it and stuff like that. Um, and Google basically was like, oh, cool, nice concept. We're going to do it. And then boom, they were gone because Google basically just had the ability. And also when you search for a website that possibly gives you the best deal on a product, of course, Google's going to show you their stuff right first. So it was kind of a monopoly because Google is kind of now an entry point into the internet. Right. And the part that scares me is I would say as a centrist, it scares me that I remember going uh it was during god i wish i could pull it. i would have to go through my facebook posts but like if you went and searched donald trump like every single thing about donald trump on google was like negative and when you searched hillary clinton everything that came up was positive like every single article and everything that was linked was about how great hillary clinton was and there's a part of the algorithm like a moral and ethical question that you have to have but the thing is, is I don't know if it's the government's place to regulate that. I feel like if you're talking about a free market, then that means that everybody has the ability to go to someone else who isn't doing that, right? And find someone who's, whose algorithm works more in a way that you want, right? So I don't, I, I'm, I'm torn because I do see a lot of concerns with, with these tech companies and what they have and what power they have. And like, there's legislation that's also coming up right now where they're trying to say like, these companies have to inform you how much your data is worth. So like the data that they're going to mine from you and utilize, they have to like explain to you, like 
by doing this, you're basically granting us access to $600 per year in data, right? And then, you know, now you're informed, right? And whether or not you want to, like, continue to participate or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think things like that make sense, but I just don't, like, why does Facebook need to break up? Like, if anything, I would say, like, as people, we should just stop using Facebook and find a platform that doesn't have an agenda or a political agenda and let all content be free. I personally have been wanting forever YouTube to cease to exist and a website to come out that basically says, as long as you are not breaking the law, your content will be visible in the country that you are not breaking the law in. But for instance, if you're in a country like Japan and it's illegal to, I don't know. Germany and Holocaust denial. Just to give you a springboard. Okay, sure. Okay, great. Thank you. That's an example, right? So in Germany and Holocaust now, right? Like, if it's against the law to deny the Holocaust, that content can't be on the platform there. And that's just something that they do, right? Like, it's not that hard, right? I think that that, well, it is hard. I think that that's a little bit of an understatement. But my point is, is that this whole thing, it is scary, though, the level of power that these companies have. These companies have, more power than we can even I, I don't think we understand or comprehend how much power these companies have right now. And that's the thing that scares me more than anything, especially as a voter, I think is that from that viewpoint or that lens. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know where I, I'm at fully, but yeah, I mean, I, I share your concern like and it is a real thing. I mean, the idea that. I, you know, not to draw too, you know, too much of a line on it, but I mean, conservatives are treated differently on social media. There's no way you could convince me. <laughs> yeah, otherwise. there's no doubt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I agree. I mean, it's just like media coverage. You know, you've said this before, uh, just, you know, the, about in uh, online streaming, that if, if, if political opinions were known by some people on there, that your business would be affected because, right. It, it'd be harder to, get followers there. I mean, just, just by expressing a viewpoint. Um, right. And the search results stuff, very real. Um, I mean, it, it works, it functions very much like the media on, on its own. Um, and that is a concern like that. You are not getting the full picture. Now, again, I don't, this, this is no conspiracy. Like this is not, you know, I don't want to sound like, you know, you're being lied to. It's just, the people that are doing this, that have the algorithms set up this way, they would look at it. And if you were to ask them to sit down and defend it, would in passing a lie detector test tell you, no, we, we designed this to be fair. But their definition of fair is ridiculous. And they just don't they don't see it. It's it's an Escher painting kind of thing. Like, you know, they, they just can't see it. Uh, or Rorschach, maybe that's the right. <laughs> maybe not Escher. But um they don't get it and they're trying to get it. They think they're, they think they're doing everything they can, but they're not. And so I'm not trying to ascribe, you know, terrible motives to these people. I'm not trying to make this sound like this giant conspiracy, but I'm, but the fact is what is coming out is not fair. It is not. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, where you can see it. It's not, it's not clear. It's not transparent. That's the word. And that is that is nothing to scoff at. That is a thing that needs to change. But you can't change it by getting the government involved. 
because I mean, let, let's say we did it. Let's say we we you know we get the government involved and say because right now the Republicans control two thirds of the elected positions. I mean, so we've got they control the Senate and they control the executive branch. So you want to say Republicans, we're going to give you the power to sort of regulate this speech. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and we're going to say, oh well, that. That can't go. That'll fix it. All we have to do, Republicans, is just never lose an election again, ever. As long as the Democrats never gain power again, this can't backfire on you. Which, right. which of course, they will. Like The Democrats will totally get into power again. That is the way this works. Like There's no magical rule about it, but it's going to happen. And, and then they get to do it. And it's like gerrymandering. You know, now everybody complains about Republicans doing gerrymandering. Well, the Democrats did it too. Well, the Republicans didn't respond to the Democrats, and 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 the Democrats will eventually. It'll get to a point where Republicans complain about Democrat gerrymandering. It's this. It's going to be a give and take over and over again, and it's just going to be a, a never-ending series of gotchas. We'll go back and forth on this until one side gets the upper hand, and it's you know, and it's it's unworkable, and it, and then unlike now. Right now, what we have is a, a lefted, a leftward dominated sort of landscape here, but this one will be at the behest of the state. It will it will come backed by people with guns. You know, Mark Zuckerberg has a really nice yacht, I'm sure, but the executive branch has a navy. Like, I mean, like it's not you know their their yachts right. aren't as nice, but they have they have. They have nuclear weapons <laughs> and we're going to back it with that kind of imprimatur. Like this is, this is not a good idea to put the stamp of approval on the government with, you know, from the government on this stuff. Yes. You are allowed to say this says the government. And we think, yeah, this is a good idea. And it's from the right that these arguments are coming from. I, I I'm dumbfounded by it. I don't, I mean, I, I, I get that we might want to break some of this stuff up that I get the, the, I get the motivating factor, but I you take it to its logical conclusion, and I don't see how you. I mean, I hate the idea when people say like, "Well, then could, you know, just go create your own conservative Facebook." Like, well, there is one, by the way. Um, oh God, what's it called? It's not conservative. I'm sorry. It is a website that's aiming to do what I was just talking about. Libertarianish. Well, it's everyone as long as you're not breaking the law, you're good, right? Um, you know, like a freedom of speech kind of platform, right? Um, oh my God, what is it called? Who's the Who's the Irish guy that? Um, you know, he's 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 always under fire. He's extre- extremely conservative, and especially when it comes to like gender identity, like people come after him really heavy. Do you know who I'm talking about? Do you have any idea who I'm talking about? Thinking Jordan Peterson, but he's not Irish, yeah. is he? Jordan, yeah, I'm pretty sure Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson. We're yeah, late. isn't we're he Irish? Late. Oh, he's Canadian. Think... He's Canadian. Yeah. I thought that dude was Irish. He sounds so Irish to they're, me. They're just, anyway, they all look the same to me. Yeah, they all look the same. <laughs> all those white people. Uh, Jordan Peterson um, brain project. I can't remember what it's called. I'll have to look it up and I'll put it in the comments. I was on say, this it's riveting posting. to hear you. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's but it's called it's called. Um, but basically, he's doing that. He's making a website, and it's a social media. 
and they collect zero data on you, so you have to pay to be a member, right? So there's a paywall, but at the same time, none of your personal data is released. Like the only personal data that could be acquired would be if you go into a for a post of some sort and say, "I am a you know sure. 35 year old white male." making x amount of dollars a year you know what i mean like you'd have to like just you know distribute that information so um and like you set up your profile right so it's it's pretty interesting that like there are sites that are trying to do it unfortunately like in his case um drop in the ocean well the problem is (laughs) who do you think is going to flock there first like if you could guess anyone given a free speech platform it's like yeah the, the worst of the worst. It's yeah. the worst of the worst, right? It's all these yeah. people that, you know, they are going to break the law and how they speak on there, but they're going to, you know, they're a bunch of jerks, right? And so, yeah. unfortunately, that kind of is what happened. But, I mean, same thing kind of happened on Twitter and everything else, right? So, it wasn't until they started having enforcement policies that things started to change. So, and, But this is also proof on the other side, on the other point you'd made. Like, th- this stuff is not a monopoly, uh, it, it can't be treated like a public utility because the internet is essentially infinite. Uh, you know, utilities are treated like utilities because they are extremely limited resources and everybody, literally everybody depends on them. And, and because the resources are limited, you have to make sure you clamp down and, and ensure that it gets to everybody. This is not the case here. The internet is, like I said, essentially infinite in space. Uh, and there is nothing that stops the next Facebook or the next Google from arising. And I mean, I, I that that's really all there is to it. It's not a monopoly. Uh, it, it can't, it can't be until you get the government involved in it. Once you do that, once you have the government involved to sort of break up Google and Facebook and arrange them just so that's when they will stay exactly as they are. That's when you will not get a disruptor to enter into the into the you know into the playing field. Look at the taxi cab services. The current taxi cab system that we've had for the last you know however long we've had cars would have been dead in a moment the second that Uber and Lyft came into existence. But because they have the backing of the state with taxi medallions and all that kind of stuff, and supposedly there's concerns about safety it's way harder to topple to the point where Uber and Lyft right. get banned in specific cities. That's how right. you, that's how you operate a monopoly is get the state involved. And that's where it gets really hard to change when you have a clearly superior product and it can't seem to break through because there's all these regulations they have to work around. And I guarantee you, you want to say, see things stay, you know, in stasis. This is how you do it is Break it all up and say, like, well, look, this is how it's going to be. And then there will be no change. It'll be exactly the, all the things you didn't like, just more. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> right. Yep. Less, no, I agree. Less, I mean, less beer, more foam. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. No, I um, And I, I while we've been sitting here kind of having this conversation, I've been looking up, trying to find what it was that I remembered that I in this topic. Uh, and it was during the um, presidential election against uh, Donald Trump with Hillary Clinton, where WikiLeaks dropped this, you know, email bomb of uh, where it was basically the DNC emails, which, by the way, to this day does not get talked about. Like, I don't understand how this isn't acknowledged as like an issue within the party 
and uh, in inside the Democratic Party and stuff like that. I don't understand this at all. Did you do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know yeah. about the emails that I'm discussing? Okay, so basically, though, the um, Wiggly's drops this huge, you know, bomb, and Facebook censored out all of the links to the article. So, like, all of the coverage of that, you couldn't find it anywhere on Facebook at all, period. Like, you search to your heart's content, and you couldn't find it. It was because Facebook was suppressing links to these these leaks. And to me, that's just kind of belaboring that point. But just to me, that's scary when what I would hope to be, you know, a way for me or a platform that I can utilize to have an open discussion to be squashing basically one side in yeah. favor of their side. That's very scary. And tech is very liberal. It's, it is, yeah. it is the most liberal of everything. Right. I mean, so I would say out of any industry, if I had to cho- choose liberalism, it would be tech. Right. And yeah. so uh, Hollywood, you don't, you don't think competes with Hollywood. Oh, I think it's, I think it beats, I think it exceeds Hollywood so far. It's not even funny. Interesting. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. I think so, but it's, it's, it's funny because it's only to a point, right? Because then when you get to the top, like you look at Mark Zuckerberg and he's like, well, I like making a lot of money. Right. <laughs> so that, so then all of a sudden he has like very conservative viewpoints. Right. But like, it's just cause he's a hypocrite. So I, I mean, it's just, but long story short, it's just, that's, that's I get where I look at it and I say, okay, maybe the government needs to step in. But they should be treated more are... like like media companies. If you want to think of it like, hey, if Fox News makes you sick, as it does me, what do you do? I mean, either don't watch. I mean, like, just cut yourself off entirely. Kind of this. That's what I do when it comes to cable news. I just don't watch it. It's all garbage. CNN, MSNBC, and Fox uh, are are garbage. Um, and. You know, so you can you can treat it that way and just cut yourself off of social media entirely, or do it do what so many other people do. Don't watch Fox. Watch something right. else. You know, and I don't mean like you know go and watch House Hunters. I mean switch it to CNN. Don't go to MSNBC. That's that's even worse. But you yeah. know, but the point is use another service and or research podcasts that have like multiple options and viewpoints where you can literally find like a conservative podcast or a liberal podcast because they're proclaimed yeah. as such we, and listen to we both. Do this in all, we way. do this in all sorts of places and we accept this as part of our reality that we switch services to do this, switch services to do that. And suddenly with Facebook and Google, we're like, well, I refuse. Like, or like, I, well, I can't. So there's, there's, but the thing is, is that's what I'm talking about is that's why I start to entertain these concepts. Because when you look at like market share of cell phones, right, which I would argue is we've had conversations about like where I think the Internet is almost like you have to have the Internet to like exist in current society because it's getting to a point that you won't be able to survive if you don't have access to the Internet. And so I believe it should be more of a utility. Um, It's the same thing with like Google has 65 percent cell phone market. Right. Like Android is everywhere. Right. And yep. so Android, you know what it does? It pushes Google. Like everything's Google. Everything. Every single aspect sure. of your phone is Google. Right. And so 
it does monopolize your life and it is hard to get away from it. Like I now, use see, an you're using that as a term of art. You got to be careful there. Like it doesn't monopolize your life. It just is present in many parts of it because you can still go elsewhere. It through extreme means in comparison to the effort that you would have to exert to do something normal on your device like uh, yeah, I, use I, take, iPhone, I take your point i don't right? yeah you're i don't want to split hairs right. i mean you're you're right, you're right. Yeah. I, mean, I get i'm it. saying that like it, it's like it's to a point where it's like you'd have to go through all these loops and you would have to have the technical know-how to get through all those loops yeah. and and in order to avoid utilizing it as a product you pretty much only have two options right like you have an android os and you have apple yeah. and sadly as much as i hate apple Apple is a better company in this situation from like an ethical treatment of data. Like your data isn't, it's not shared. It's not sold. Like they're way better with your data as a company. But my, but, but then, you know, like Joe Rogan said, that's why Apple maps sucks, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> they, they aren't making money off of all of your data. So it's not as good as Google maps. Right. So like there's these trade-offs, but like, I don't think that people are educated I think this it, this is so much more of a conversation than just should we split them up. It's more of a conversation about like how how can we deal with these in the future or, or now even right. Which it's is just, absolutely an interesting conversation, and and we could have that. But as far as like, I mean, it's just a non-starter to me. That not a non-starter, but I you're you're going to get my antenna perking up when I say like you know. I'll give you a skeptical face when you say, well, if we get the government to do this, eh, well, it's got to be mean, something else. You got to give me something else. I mean, so this is one of those situations where, like, you would agree with me with this statement. But, like, to me, I don't think a large government or a large corporation are in any way, shape or form less dumb. Right. Like, I think they're, they're yeah, the, to I me, they that. make the same stupid decisions. They make the same errors my my whole thing has always been and this is why i always end up in the center of a lot of conversations is when companies get so big there's too many people and as such stupid things happen the equivalent of people being put into detainment camps that suck those decisions happen at google just in a different way right because it's like their you know purpose of existing as a company is to make money right and to make shareholders happy so their drive and their purpose and then the government gets so large because it needs those resources to do certain things and as such yeah. stupid decisions are made so to me it's more of a just large groups of people make bad decisions thing right and so that's why i always like the idea of like bringing it back to the state level and it's the same thing like i don't think certain companies should be as large as they are right but i think if i were to prioritize companies that need to be shrunk down the big tech companies are like pretty low on my list right now, right? In in a, in comparison to probably more life affecting things such as like insurance companies or something along those lines. So for me, like it's a, it's a low priority, right? So yeah. I I mean, yeah, I could have that conversation and I'd entertain it, but like I'd much rather be looking at Anthem or uh, WellPoint, you know, United Healthcare, you know. These companies that have, you know, two million worldwide employees, you know, it's just like insane. Yeah, I take I take your point. No, and that's true. But uh, let me take your point and throw it on its head for a second, too. I mean, you're absolutely right. The giant companies make mistakes. 
But that's also why, I mean, if you don't remember the, like the 1984 commercial with that, with, I think it was IBM, the 1984 commercial where they, or maybe it was Apple, um, that they were toppling the old world order. And this is why 1984 won't be 1984. Um, right. And, my point really is just I'm just asking this in a different way or turn of art here. Remember IBM? Like, there are giant companies. Stanley Kubrick made Space uh, uh, made 2001 a Space Odyssey and made the bad guy Hal, which is each a letter off from IBM, like as a kind of a message of like terrible big brother out there watching you. And now IBM is basically dust. Because you're you're absolutely right that giant companies can make bad decisions. I mean, and Google is no exception to that. Remember, Google Glasses were supposed to be a thing, uh, and I kind of wish they not. were. I oh, really I wanted too. them. I totally do, <laughs> um, but they're not. Yeah. And but you know, that's just a small failure. My point is just to show that they're not perfect. Um, and I, I'm not saying it's a law of physics or anything. It's just, but I would not be surprised if we're if. Google and Facebook get replaced by something else later. Remember MySpace? I, I, it's just th- things will evolve and we'll get something else. And but and, and we'll I don't know we'll stumble into something else. I, I I guess I'm just not worried about the stasis. In any case, um, going to wrap it up. Um, I think we can call it on that. Uh, like our Facebook page, share the, this stuff. We, 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 I can't tell you how much we, we need that kind of stuff. Uh, leave us reviews on iTunes and, uh, or, and anywhere else that the fine podcasts are sold slash given away. And uh, thanks for hanging out with us again. And as the years go by, a friendship will never die. You're going to see it's a destiny. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me.